0: inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone
1: to another sessions of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo, Rick Hackman, and Tom DeAngelis. Welcome one and all. It's
2: good to be here, David. Hello.
1: Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles We're going to turn to Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. And uh, before we do that, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open the bread of
2: life? Uh, I would love to. In the name of the Father and Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and your protection. Thank you for the gift of Christmas. And uh, the world will say that Christmas is over uh, when the clock reads uh, 12.01. on, uh, on december twenty sixth but we know better that that we are a church that celebrates. We are a family that celebrates and uh, in the midst of this of this celebration of Christmas we're going to come together, open up your word and uh, and just just see what you have in store for us, Lord. So please give us hearts that are, are pliable. Just give us an attitude that is just ready that is ready. Here I am, Lord, here I am. Let that be our call to, uh, to the Lord that our our position, our posture. Uh, every day of our lives. Here I am, Lord. And as we are here for you, Lord, we know that you're always here for us. So please bless us during this radio recording, protect us, be with all those who are listening, and uh, and just allow us each to be your love and your light and your joy and your peace and your hope to everyone that we meet. And we pray all this in
0: Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Father, Son Holy Spirit.
1: Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Rick, do you mind giving us a little gospel love?
0: The Gospel reading is from the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. When the days were completed for their purification according to the law of Moses, they took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, in accordance with the dictate of the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, He took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace, according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be contradicted and you yourself a sword will pierce so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed There was also a prophetess Anna the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher She was advanced in years having lived 7 years with her husband after her marriage and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day with fasting and prayer. And coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ.
1: This to me uh, just cries out. We look in the Old Testament and we see that Mary and Joseph took Jesus, I believe at age 12, days old, to be presented to the Lord, and, and there's where the circumcision took place, which allowed Jesus to be part of the family of God in, in, in what they believed in the law back then. Well, this, to me, is what we do today. In our Catholic understanding, we take our newborn children to be baptized and come into the covenant relationship with God through baptism, receive that grace um, you know Jesus shows us in his baptism that the heavens are opened to us the whole communion of saints, that the Holy Spirit comes upon us more baptized, and so us as parents, taking our children, our babies, our young ones, to be baptized, is in accordance with the sacred scripture, as we see Mary and Joseph did this for Jesus himself, he couldn't speak for himself, but they chose to do it to have him consecrated to the lord so that that to me is the correlation as we see. Um, in Scripture, that it is it is of God. When we, as parents, choose to do this for our children, now with the, with the sign of the new covenant, which is baptism.
2: And Dave, you mentioned consecrated, and uh, I've been blessed to have been introduced to the the idea of, of total consecration, total consecration to Jesus through Mary, uh, Saint Louis de Mumford, and uh, and Maximilian, Saint Maximilian Kolbe, and just this whole idea of of consecration and what does that mean and and it's just it's setting it's being set apart you know you you look at the vessels that are used at mass can you imagine someone grabbing the chalice and saying i want to have a little milk and cookies and you know pouring milk in there no those vessels are set apart right they're holy vessels and they did this with jesus right he was consecrated to the lord um earlier this week in daily mass we heard hannah bringing her son samuel to consecrate him to the lord set him apart for God, and that's what I think we're called to do every day, and, and in our baptism, we are consecrated, but as you said, David, our our parents and our godparents are there bringing us to the Lord. but then it's up to us as we mature in our faith every day to say yes, I'm in to to reaffirm and uh you know to give our all in as adults as you know adolescents, whatever you know whatever stage of life we're in, to give our yes. Uh, God wants to hear that yes from our hearts, like you he did with Mary when She gave Her yes. So just uh, you know, seeing consecrated to the Lord in this gospel, you know, just brings a lot of a lot of happy memories of uh, of being introduced just to that whole spirituality of consecration, total consecration.
1: And that's important, Rob, because you know, as we look at it, we also have then the sacrament of confirmation, where we. When we choose, we choose our own name, when we're at the age of reason, 12, 13, 14, wherever that age falls, you know, as we go from eighth grade typically into ninth grade, we choose to accept the gift that the, our parents, you know, accepted for us. And so that, that also ties directly into a bar mitzvah and a bat mitzvah, which the Jewish people still do today, where when they become of age— they're receiving their gift, which took place back here in Jesus' time when they, the child was presented. So it's so important to look and learn about history. Where does this all come from? And then as adults, like you're saying, Rob, when we are of the age of, age of reason is to receive the gift that our parents received for us and had us, you know, presented to the Lord. We receive it then and we confirm it in confirmation. It's such a beautiful Beautiful experience, and then the Holy Spirit just just absolutely fills us, as uh, and strengthens us as we go on our journey. And you know, one of the
3: beautiful things about this reading, um, for those um, people who say the liturgy of the hours, um, the the night prayers, uh, which I don't say often, but I say as often as I can. Um, one of the prayers right in the middle of the of the um, the night prayers. Is this prayer of Simeon, which is now, Master, um, you may let your servant go in peace. It's a really a beautiful prayer when you think about it, because it's the it's the last thing that we say before we before we uh, go to sleep, and uh, it really, when you think about Simeon's uh, heart when he was touched by, you know, by the Christ child and by you know, by his parents bringing him in, and then the revelation of the Holy Spirit that this is this is what you've been waiting for your whole life. This is what This is the most important thing. And he says, Now, Master, you you may let your servant go in peace according to your word. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory of your people Israel. It's just a beautiful thing to be able to say that and then close your eyes and go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's, you know, And when we read this, we basically see Simeon saying, my life has been fulfilled. My life is complete now that I've been able to see the fulfillment of your promise, uh, you know, God Almighty. And and it's you know it's one of those one of those things, Rob. When you talked about being consecrated to the Lord, I mean, here are two people in the temple who have basically given their whole life to the Lord. They they are they are vessels of the Lord, and they were and God used them as instruments for salvation and and to uh, to make known His glory through the through
1: the Christ child. What really hit me, Rob, when you used the word consecration because when I started my journey as a check-the-box Catholic to truly understanding and embracing my faith and getting into an ever-deepening intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, I had a real problem with the notion of consecrating myself to Jesus through Mary. And I'm like, Lord, you got to help me with this because I just want to go right to Jesus. And then the Lord really took me on a gentle journey, I like to call it, where he showed, it, showed me that God's plan for salvation, he just didn't blink Jesus into the world. He chose to bring his son, his only begotten son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to enflesh him. He chose a vessel. That vessel was Mary, her pure, yes. He included humanity in Mary's fiat. So for me to follow the pathway that Jesus chose to come into the world by going back through Mary, to Jesus, so total consecration to Jesus through Mary. Oh, my goodness. When the Lord unfolded that for me, I'm like, I'm all in. And now, so when every year when I renew those consecration vows to Jesus through Mary, I'm telling you, it is such a blessing and such a strength you feel because you belong to the Lord. And then to go through Mother Mary to do that, Powerful, powerful Rob. So thank you for pointing that out. Oh, sure.
2: And, and if you look at this coming Sunday, it's, it's the Feast of the Holy Family. And what better thing can we do for our families uh, than, than to consecrate our families? Even if individuals in our family aren't on board, we can you know, pray that prayer and, and just uh, as, as you know we're all fathers here and, and for the fathers and mothers that are listening, you can pray that consecration prayer on behalf of your family. And, and just trust that Mary and her mantle of protection will be there for the family, and that's what that's what baptism is. And it's just this beautiful display of families bringing those that they love to the Lord, mm-hmm. right? And uh, it's uh, it, it, it is beautiful. It's beautiful. And Simeon, I man, what a what a prayer warrior he is. And Hannah, I mean, they are just praying night and day, fasting, fasting, and praying and Worshiping, and uh, there's some of the words that I circled here we worship day and night, fasting and prayer. And uh, I think it's a nice challenge. How do we live a life of worship? How do we live a life of worship? I, we were in one of the schools recently that we serve at uh, in, in Reading, and we were in, with the freshman class, and the freshman theology teacher and I started talking to the kids about liturgy. And I never knew that liturgy means the work of the people. Because so many times we say, oh, it's boring. It's boring. Well, what do you mean it's boring? And, and, and when he broke that open, that was such an aha moment for me that the liturgy is the work of the people, that we're going there to worship, to, to pray and to praise and to thank. That's the work of the people for God, that we're there not to be entertained, right? And we're not, it's, it's the work of the people. So how can I live a life of worship day and night and that pinnacle of worship being the Mass, the holy sacrifice of the Mass, that that, that is the ultimate act of worship. Uh, and that's why I just, I just, I'm so blessed and just thank God for the gift that we can receive him body, blood, soul and divinity at mass every day
3: and you, and you know Rob uh, when you were uh, talking about the consecration and David you mentioned about uh, the blessed mother um, one of the things that comes to mind to me is that uh, you know the, the, the idea of uh, uh, you know going to Jesus through Mary and I've explained I've had discussions about this with some of my Protestant friends and some some who are very knowledgeable of the faith, of the Christian faith. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, that, that kind of is helpful for me to break open, and I think it helps make a little more sense out of it for other people, is that, you know, we, when we um, venerate Mary, we venerate her, her virginity. But we also venerate her, her as the womb, the receptacle, in which the Holy Spirit conceives the, the person of Jesus, and so one of the things that Pope John Paul, St. John Paul, now pointed out was that uh, whenever, the, whenever the Jesus is conceived, he's always conceived in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary through the power of the Holy Spirit. So, and he also said that one of the biggest challenges of our modern day is to under, come to understand the feminine, and that is that we are the, we are the brides. We are the, we are the brides of the Holy Spirit, and that if Jesus is to be born in us— it's going to be in our emulating the womb, emulating the Virgin Mary, and being that totally open yes to the Spirit that that then Jesus can be conceived in. So I think it's very helpful for us from an experience standpoint to be able to understand that we are really mo- trying to model the Blessed Mother. And, and really, John Paul also said, you know, when we say the rosary, that's the school of Mary. We go to school— uh, the way that you know to to learn from our mother, we sit at her we sit at her feet. We look at the life of Jesus through the eyes of his mother, and who better loves uh, a son than the mother? And so, we, when we become like her, when we look at Jesus like she looks at him, then we can conceive of Jesus in our hearts and in our minds, and that really is how we bring Jesus into ourselves, and then share, be able to share him with other people. Because if we don't have that presence of Jesus in our life, and so you know, to your point, Rob, that made me think to pull these two pieces together when we go to the liturgy and don't have Jesus with us and we don't conceive of Jesus during the liturgy we don't have any life we don't have the life of the spirit and so it is it is work it is it's the work of the people but it's not it's not the work of God you know it's just it's us going there going through the motions as opposed to us being brought up you know brought up um to God's level in the spirit and I think that's a you know, that's kind of the the biggest thing for me is for us to be able to understand that whole relationship that we have with God through Mary
1: and how important that is. And, Tom, I mean, when you were just sharing about Mary, I mean, as we look at her as the model disciple, the first disciple of Jesus Christ, what does she model for us? That feminine, open up to receive, then conceive, then surrender to God's plan. I mean, this is this is a surrender, a docility To the holy spirit at work in our hearts conceiving receiving and conceiving jesus within us and then what does she show us what to do once that has occurred we go and we become doers of the words not just hearers of the word and she goes to elizabeth you know and i love mary because the last words the final words she speaks in scripture are for each one of us because she doesn't brag on herself she doesn't tell people i'll fix it she tells the servants at the wedding do whatever he tells you. That recognition that we are not God, but that we are messengers of his truth. And we look at uh, Anna here. I mean, she's 84 years old, and she's out proclaiming to anyone who will listen about the child and, and telling them he's here, he's coming. Do we do that? Do we look at every opportunity we have? as an opportunity to be messengers of this truth of love, of the good news, the salvation of Jesus Christ, the gospel message. Do we? And if we don't, today's a new day. And every time we read this, it's always about the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him. You know, in, in the case of Elizabeth, the Holy Spirit, you know, was upon her. Mary, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is involved in all we do, all we say, if we invite him in if we are surrendered and docile to his workings in our lives, in our lives.
2: And uh, another uh, few words that I had circled was fall and rise of many. So behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel. And usually when we hear those two words together, fall and rise, it's usually the rise and fall. Isn't it like the rise and fall of this person or the rise and fall of this nation? But here it's the fall and rise. And I was like, wow, Lord, we have to fall. We have to be Sometimes, you know, humiliated uh, in order to rise with you, right? So, are we open to the next fall in our lives? And to know that every fall that we have, if God's ultimate will for all of us is to end up with Him in, in heaven forever, He's going to allow some falls in our lives. And when He allows those falls in our lives, and we know that God is such a loving Father and He allows them only to help us draw closer to him so um yeah you know, i don't know if that's what the you know what simeon was talking about but for me personally just seeing that fall and rise because i've fallen in my journey uh, many times and through god's mercy he allows me to to rise again uh, to receive his mercy and, and move on but ultimately i had to have that initial fall that like Lord, I can't do this without you. You, your love is real. I, I, yes, I want that. And and he had to strip away some things in my life, and he had to allow me to fall pretty hard, and and you know pretty 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 deep for me to to be able to to rise again with him.
1: You know, I love this sentence here also, Rob, in the middle, which I just just jumped out at me. It says the child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, the angel Gabriel announced it. You know, the other angel in the dream for Joseph, they were told by God. But that gives me great hope because I know me in my broken humanity. I love it when God gives me little little nudges, little heavenly kisses, little hugs that say you're going the right way. You're doing the right thing because here they are amazed at what was said about their son. But, you know, they're you know, everyone kept telling them along the way the angel did, you know, so for me, it just gave me consolation that, whew, okay, so Mary and Joseph both <laughs> needed a second little reminder. And then, and then uh, yeah, so that was good. Elizabeth gave it to him, and the birth, you know, and, and, and the conception uh, the angel did. And so, whew, that gave me great hope that, okay, God, you know my broken humanity. Keep sending those little heavenly kisses, those little reminders to let me know that I'm on the right path. So that, that, that helped me when I read and that. that.
2: That's an awesome word. Isn't it amazed that uh, how often do we walk through life and we miss so many opportunities to be amazed. I mean, just the just the simple miracles of the change of seasons and the you know the leaves turning colors and falling and the flowers blooming. And I mean, there's so many opportunities for us to be amazed. And if we lived our lives just open to that amazement, uh, God's going to be kissing us all over the place. I mean, it's uh, it it is it is awesome. So that awe and wonder, which is a gift of the Holy Spirit, fruit of the Holy Spirit, that. Lord, please awaken me and and all of us that awe and wonder uh, of you and your creation and your plan and and your love so that every day is an amazing day. And that word comes up, you
3: know, over and over again in the Gospels. And I don't know enough about the the underlying Greek to, to be able to say if it's the same word, but it frequently comes up when Jesus later in his life works miracles. The apostles were amazed that certain things happened and they were amazed now, the Pharisees were amazed at what Jesus said. So, that that's a word that I think um, probably, if you could do a word count on it in the Gospels, it would show up dozens of times, maybe even a hundred times. I don't know, but uh, but I think whenever God touches us and t- reaches into our lives, uh, I think those um, those situations are going to be amazing. We are going to be amazed at the, at the kinds of things that happen, just because you know when God's Spirit reaches into our lives amazing things happen and we just need to be like you said david we just need to be open to it and and just let
1: the spirit work through us and you know as i'm as i'm continuing to read because i love what rob shared the fact that the sentence says behold this child is destined for the fall because interesting we have to fall off our self-built pedestals of self-worship self-sufficiency with the fall and then the lord is the one that rises us raises us up so the rise of many in israel but then I like this. It continues. And to be a sign that will be contradicted. When Jesus is work within us, we will have contradictions. We will have confrontations. Things will happen. And then the next line goes, and you yourself, a sword will pierce mm-hmm. so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And I never really got that until just a little bit ago, like about a minute ago. You see, because many times I will meet a person. And my heart will get pierced, and I'll feel the pain. But what it's showing me in that piercing is the condition of the soul of that person that pierced my heart. And that gives me a great opportunity when they've wounded me, when they've rejected me, whatever, to pray for that person. So I never saw that before. But I think Mary, I mean, Mary, that sword piercing her heart, she felt the pain you know, of rejection of her son, you know, wanting to kill her son, you know, all the lies and everything, those were all piercings to her heart. But it also revealed where a lot of other hearts were. And so for me in my journey, when people hurt me, mock me, contradict me, do all kinds of things that aren't really of God, it shows me the state of their heart. And it gives me an opportunity to pray for them. So for me, boy, every day, be open, be open, be open, for the opportunities to be vessels of love, prayer warriors for those in need. When you get pierced, somebody hurts you. Don't get mad. Don't react. Respond with love.
2: And I was talking to someone earlier uh, about about this gospel, and they said, y- "You don't truly know me until you've suffered with me." Mm. And what an opportunity! Again, you know, this Sunday is, Hol- is Holy Family Sunday, and there's a lot of suffering in a lot of families, and. If we don't shy away from it, and we come alongside of people in our families, that's a beautiful gift. It's a beautiful opportunity. Um, and Mary, you know, she's she's got compassion for us if we're walking alongside of someone. She she got compassion for us if we're the one suffering. You know, compassion is to suffer with. So Mary, she knew. I mean, she knew what suffering was to see it in her son, to see the passion that he went through, his, his passion and death. Um, so we have a mother in heaven that. Is, is a compassionate mother that knows knows suffering, and we can we can go to her for, for her for her prayers Absolutely and Simeon, I love this because'
1: I'm kind of a little impatient at times, but think about Simeon. he awaited the consolation of Israel. the Holy Spirit was upon him and revealed that this should take place before he passed. and that patient waiting on the Lord to complete the plan, to do what he was going to do in our lives. we got to wait. But too many times we want to fix it, solve it, change it, and that's not of God. So let's wait, ponder in our heart as Mary did. And again, today, a new day. Let's prepare the manger of our heart to receive our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless each and every one of you. Bye-bye.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100.